Meller, Tyler Aki in for Black and Abdallah this evening, hanging out with you as the NFL's official tampering period has opened up. It was opened about seven hours ago, 11 o'clock central time, when we got word that NFL free agents could officially speak with teams around the league. And not too shortly thereafter, we got word from the Bears, not from the Bears, but we got word from Adam Schefter regarding the Bears that they were getting things started by adding T.J. Edwards, linebacker of the Philadelphia Eagles, local kid T.J. Edwards. And then it seemed like the Bears were going to splash around the cash, Tyler Aki, but it was a little bit of a tease because then we had to wait for a little while. It, they were the first ones. They opened up free agency. And I think we all thought that, oh, wow, Ryan Poles is really going to get the ball moving. Everything's going to be coming in pretty quickly here for the Chicago Bears. And then, oh, we hit that lull. It felt like you, you hit the, the rookie GM wall, if you will, right there. And then after that, though, he made a couple of good signings that I think both you and I are, are fans of so he, far. He did, he did, but it wasn't before the two-hour waiting period where we were on the old uh, Mike McGlinchey watch. It <laughs> yes. seems like because, and, and it was a dreadful watch for me, I'm not going to lie, because Diana Rossini had reported that the Bears were in talks with Mike McGlinchey, and I personally, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen the cut-ups put together of a lot of bad work from Mike McGlinchey, getting worked, getting sped by by elite pass rushers, being mm-hmm. thrown around like a ragdoll at times. Also, there was the Bryce Purdy injury, which Mike McGlinchey, it was the QB hit that he was responsible for, so... Mike McGlinchey ends up getting four years, $87.5 million from the Denver Broncos. And it was at that point where I, I stopped sweating a little bit, gave the uh, collective few, and yeah. then was like, okay, I think this is actually good that the Bears are not going to land McGlinchey. And we are still, though, waiting for the Bears to make a move on the offensive line. But they did not stop at TJ Edwards. You mentioned that eventually we got word from Ryan Poles that... They were signing, before the big move, we got word that they were adding Nate Davis. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of offensive line help, the right guard from the Tennessee Titans, who the Bears have added for a three-year deal. And then, shortly thereafter, almost moments basically, that's when the big news came out. The Bears have landed former Buffalo Bills linebacker Tremaine Edmonds. And Edmonds... He is the big ticket item so far, and unless the Bears add somebody like Orlando Brown or Draymond Jones, Edmonds is likely to be the most expensive free agent that the Bears land in this period. Yeah, and, and may even be the biggest splash. That even if they do go out and get, let's say, Draymond uh, Jones, which probably seems more likely of the two, if either end up joining the Bears right now. But if the Bears, even if they do... Tremaine Edmonds is one of the biggest splashes that we'll see in free agency in all likelihood. Not just for the Bears, but in in all of the NFL, because it isn't that strong of a free agent crop out there. And Edmonds is a guy who is a multi-time pro bowler and also is very young as well. You're not going to find that combination hit the open market very frequently, but that's where the Buffalo Bills are right now. Tremaine Edmonds is 24 years old right now. He'll turn 25 uh, in in a month or so, but... I thought Chris Mortensen's tweet was interesting for those who may not remember because when he was drafted, Tremaine Edmonds was an elite athletic prospect. He was drafted in 2018 by the Bills, and Mortensen tweeted out, for those who uh, may have forgotten, Edmonds' comp 
in the 2018 draft was former Bears great Brian Urlacher. With the length and range for a inside-slash-middle linebacker in Tampa 2 scheme, it was really good in Buffalo, just not great and not as physical as Urlacher, but Edmonds will only be is still only 24 years old. So um, the Bears going out and adding a very young player to this roster to hopefully be a linchpin that Matt Eberflus can maybe coax even more out of. Right, and I, I think about, too, the, the place where Edmonds is coming from. He's coming from a defensive-minded head coach who seems like he maximized a lot of those guys out there in Buffalo and put together a, a quality defense alongside Josh Allen. And hopefully Matt Eberflus is cut from that same cloth because you look at the coaching moves that we saw last offseason, everything was tailored to offense. Matt Eberflus was the lone first-year head coach that came in and was from the defensive side of the football. And that, to me, it, it probably rubs some Bears fans the wrong way when it happened, but it's something now that if he can maximize this defense and kind of let Luke Getze and maybe if Luke Getze gets a head coaching job down the road somewhere, whoever else comes in as the next offensive coordinator for the Bears, if they can, if they, if Eberflus can kind of take command of the defense and maximize that side, let the, the offense take care of itself there, hopefully with a quarterback that's in place right now. And the youth, too, I think signals something that the Bears do believe in Justin Fields or at least are willing to let this thing ride out for a little bit here because they want to build around Justin. And that seems like what this entire offseason has been tailored to. Yeah, and they add T.J. Edwards. It looks like they got him for a steal of a price. T.J. Edwards was one of the top-graded linebackers for Pro Football Focus with an 84.8 grade, which is, of course, very high. Um, He's somebody who played for the Philadelphia Eagles, went to the Super Bowl, of course. So you get somebody with that winning pedigree who can help be a vocal person in the locker room. A lot of these guys, winning pedigrees, too. Absolutely. No, Edmonds, of course, the Bills. I believe Edmonds I saw uh, off the top of my head. I thought it was He's played in eight playoff games during his career. That's significant for yeah. a player who's only been in the league five years. And again, by the way, has still yet to turn 25. And I think that's really when you start to look at what Ryan Poles is doing right now. You're seeing he's investing the money that he has available to him in young players who he hopes will be, who he hopes will grow with this team and still be the core nucleus in three or four years from now, right? Like, and I think that's wise. The Bears. While I think we're kind of unsure right now of what they're going to be next year, the likelihood is that they're not going to be contending for a Super Bowl next year in all reality. The hope is, I think, that maybe, just maybe, you can take advantage of the NFC North being a little bit down, and maybe you can win the division by proxy, essentially, and maybe you'll be a playoff contender. But I don't think anybody is unrealistic in their assessment in saying the Bears are a Super Bowl contender next year. And so it's good to grab these young players who hopefully are still ascending. I think the other part is, does this expedite your expectations of this being a playoff team? Because you look at some of the the moves. Last year, what was holding the Bears back significantly was their inability to to stop the run. And defensively, they were just an absolute mess. If this defense is shored up a little bit from last year, you probably tack on three or so wins from last year's team. Now that you're doing it with some significant pieces, though, like like Edmonds and, and like Edwards, now you're talking about guys that are going to come in and hopefully help the continuity. Now, you still need to find some sort of of pass rush, too, because that has not been addressed at all, but that's something that maybe you, you go after in the draft now if you're Ryan Poles. 
I know the, another name that was bandied about quite a bit for Bears fans was Jawan Taylor. McGlinchey clearly was somebody who we had heard reports that the Bears were in on. Again, Diana Rossini reporting that earlier today before he did eventually sign with the Broncos. I know a lot of people have linked Orlando Brown, I guess, in a hopeful manner to the Bears because of Ryan Pohl's history with the Kansas City Chiefs and the thought that maybe just maybe he would go ahead and add him because he was familiar with him and he was a part of the organization when they traded for him back uh, when they traded with the Ravens for him and added him as a left tackle there. But I know Juwan Taylor was another name that seemed like a guy who could be a piece that you could help put on the line. And it looks like the Kansas City Chiefs have had the idea that many had. Jawan Taylor could potentially be a left tackle. Seems like the Chiefs, are go- uh, they've added him. They signed him to a four-year deal for $80 million, and it looks like they're going to be moving him to left tackle in Kansas City to fill the Orlando Brown void, which will be left because the Chiefs are no longer going to entertain the idea of bringing Orlando Brown back. So that puts Orlando Brown still out there, and again, not ruling the, uh, the idea out completely, but I don't know. It seems like if Ryan Poles wanted to be in on Orlando Brown, it you would have thought that with all the money yes. available to them, that they could have made this happen earlier in the day. Well, that, that was the, the luxury of having all the cap space that the Bears have, is they can win any sort of bidding war that's out there. And Orlando Brown, you talk about a premium position too, left tackle. And that's something where if Ryan Poles really wanted... Orlando Brown, he would probably have him by now because he could put the offer down yeah. there and Orlando Brown would have really no choice but to accept it, um, assuming that he would want to to come to the Chicago Bears. But really, it probably wouldn't even come to, does he want to go to the Chicago Bears? It's do the dollars and cents add up in his mind. And the Bears had that ability to, to do that at any given point. Uh, we're getting word, too, that the Giants, the New York Giants, are going to be signing Colts free agent linebacker Bobby Okereke. Okereke had been one of those names that was linked to the Bears because, of course, he was familiar with Matty Reflus's defensive system, having played for the Colts. The Giants have agreed to a four-year $40 million with Okereke. But, obviously, with both Edwards and Edmonds, seemed like they the Bears had spent all their money on linebackers at that point. So Okereke comes off the board, but the Bears, I, I would have to imagine they targeted Edmonds. Edmonds, I think, was a much higher priority based on the money that we're seeing here. Edmonds was a priority. He's got the... He's got the tangibles that you look at. He's six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds. Ran a four five three at the combine. He's just an athletic freak, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that's maybe why some people were a little disappointed in his time in Buffalo. Because I think when I, I don't know about you, but whenever I see those explosive, you know, uh, measurements from a guy, I always think, okay, th- this guy's gonna. Just either, whether it's going to be crazy interception totals, sack numbers, it, it just your mind goes to that place, right? Edmonds has not done that in his career, no. but he did have. When you look at all the uh, advanced film work, a lot of people liked where he's going. Think he's not, he's uh, definitely played better the last year or so for the Bills, and I'm hopeful that Matt Eberflus, who has had success with Shaq Leonard identified him as somebody who he thinks he could mold into being the next Shaq Leonard. That's the interesting part, because what was the big reason why the Bears maybe were out on the Roquan Smith 
contract, right? It was he doesn't take the ball away. Mm-hmm. Like the the forced fumbles, the the interceptions, like there was no the T in when, in in hits, right? Takeaways. Mm-hmm. And that was not really a part of Roquan Smith's DNA, but it doesn't look like it's a part of, of Tremaine Edmonds's either, but who knows? Maybe you're right. Maybe this is the guy who Eberflus identifies as it's not there now, but we see the traits of something that could be there. Yeah, and that has obviously led to the question, did the Bears choose the wrong player in letting Roquan Smith go? A lot of people, a lot of Bears fans have been vocal so far today about Roquan Smith getting away, especially now if you're going to go ahead and you know sign Tremaine Edmonds to a significant amount of money. Why wouldn't you have brought Roquan Smith back? I think that's exactly it. More than anything, the traits: Roquan Smith, six foot one, two thirty six. Not the same, you know, length when it comes to mm-hmm. um, wingspan. And that's something that truly Matt Eberflus covets. And I think we've seen it firsthand here. And also, too, let's not diminish the fact that for what they would be paying Roquan Smith. They're essentially getting two linebackers. A little right. bit. They're spending a little bit more, maybe four million dollars more. But they've got Edwards and Edmonds in the fold. And oh, by the way, that second round pick that they got in the Roquan Smith trade. So when you look at the amount of capital that they're putting into this, they're getting a lot more bang for their buck when it comes to Edmonds, Edwards, and a second round pick it as really, opposed to Smith. Yeah, it really makes too much sense. Like you're getting two players for the price of one and the drop-off and in some cases like if you ask pro football focus there is no drop-off you actually upgraded two spots um but if you if you look at this bears team there's so many different positions on the field that need upgrades Mm -hmm. i would much rather go for the value of trying to get two players especially if you're telling me they're the caliber of an Edmonds and a, a tj edwards if you can get me two players for the price of a slightly more than the price of what Roquan Smith was. It's a no-brainer. He's Tyler Aki. I'm Jeff Meller. We're in for Black and Abdallah this evening. Who's still on the belt board? We're on Draymond Jones' watch, apparently, it looks like. We'll see where he ends up going if he makes a decision before we get out of here tonight. We will let you know, promise. And, of course, do want to revisit. We were on a lot on Friday night, recapping the Bears' big trade of the no more on overall pick. A couple days later... Tyler and I have both had an opportunity to digest it. We'll let you know where we're at, what our headspace is at in regards to this trade uh, about 72 hours later right here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Follow the show on Twitter at Chris Black and at Adam A. Abdallah. hanging out with you tonight here on ESPN 1000 talking bears as the NFL's legal legal tampering period has officially opened. The bears have made some moves. They've added the headliner Tremaine Edmonds. They also added KJ Edwards. And finally they added Nate Davis so far. So three significant additions to the bears roster, but Nate Davis, he's a guard and so mm-hmm. he was added to the trenches, but not necessarily one of the names we had been hearing. Or premier spot. Exactly, as a guard, as a right guard. And so we still are in wait-and-see mode when it comes to tackles. And then 
on the defensive line, there's still a whole bunch of nothing yes. right now. Yes, and that, that to me was my biggest area that I think the Bears needed to target. You're talking about a team that had the fewest amount of sacks in yeah. all of football last uh-huh. year. Your leading sack getter was... Jaquan Brisker, who's a safety, and I believe uh, Roquan Smith was uh, tied for second after that as well. So you're talking about a guy who didn't play most of the season with you and a safety as two of your leading guys of getting to the quarterback. That cannot happen. And you that's an area that you're right, has not been addressed yet and needs to be substantially improved if this team wants to to truly make some noise. I, I think you'll see significant improvement on this team defensively just based off of the names that they've added today. But at the same time, you still need to get after the quarterback. And that's why I say we're on Draymond Jones' watch because he is the one real game changer when it comes to a three technique who's available right now in free agency. I know Zach Allen also is somebody who's available. He played for the Arizona Cardinals last year. He's been a player as well who might come off the board once Draymond Jones makes his decision. Um, Delvin Tomlinson, he's more of an interior nose tackle type who played for the Vikings. He's also one of the top uh, defensive tackles available. But Draymond Jones is the guy who, if you're looking for somebody who can provide a pass rush from the interior spot, he is the best player. He's a former, or I I assume, soon-to-be former Denver Bronco who was uh, somebody that Vic Fangio famously mm-hmm. pounded on the table for when they drafted him in the third round. So Yeah, Bron- he- Broncos I don't think you need to worry about because they've been spending a lot of money today yes, on yes. top of already paying Russell Wilson and to the point where they're trying to cut bait, it looks like, with a bunch of their wide receivers or at least are listening yeah. on a lot of offers there. There's so. rumors that, yeah, they're listening on Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Jerry Judy, and um, K.J. Hamler. Mm-hmm. If any of those players, uh, if you're interested in them, the Broncos are willing to talk, although... I saw the report that the asking price is yes. significant for them. So I don't know if they'll actually find that. In regards to the wide receivers on the open market, none of them have no. landed a deal just yet. And Juju Smith-Schuster is available. Uh, Jacoby Myers is probably the highest graded receiver on out there. Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. is, remember, returning from that ACL injury he suffered in the Super Bowl two years ago and so and Michael Thomas also who has put up some big numbers in the league but it's been quite some time since he's actually been healthy so those are the key wide receivers out there and available but none of them have actually landed a deal which just goes to show that Ryan Poles probably knew what he was talking about when he said the wide receiver market and free agency wasn't going to be plentiful. And you can extend it to pass catchers in general because if you want to throw a couple of pass catching tight ends like Dalton Schultz and Mike Gusecki, no movement there either. And those are still two names that maybe if you're a Bears fan, you'd want to keep your eye on. Like Cole Komet's been great, but we've seen how good two tight end offenses have been and Putting that and giving Justin Fields just another option to throw to as well, mm-hmm. it could be something that that at least keep your eye on here. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to check in as to where the Bears are at right now in free agency, adding three key pieces, but nobody who really is a standout in regard and when it comes to the offensive and defensive line, which we all kind of thought was going mm-hmm. to be a major priority for the Bears. Let's try Chase, who's on the south side. Good evening, Chase. What's going on, money? Mella Aki, what's up, fellas? What's up, Chase? Uh, happy Bears Day. Happy Bears Day to you, too. <laughs> happy, happy Victory Monday, we should say, right? <laughs> you feeling like it's a victory already, huh, Chase? Yeah, yeah it feels like Victory Monday. Feel like we we, we want to uh, 
won a game by field goal kick. But, uh, um, yeah, so I want to talk about the Roquan Smith thing. Mm -hmm. I, I've been hearing a lot of people are kind of, I mean, you know, watching the Twitters and stuff, and a lot of people are kind of upset about the fact that, you know, you're going to go get these guys from Buffalo and, you know, and the Eagles. Why didn't you just roll on back? But I'm going to be honest, I never really was a Roquan fan. I never really was really a big fan of him. And the reason why I say it is because even the days when they had, you know, Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith, as good as the player he was, never made, like, game-changing plays. Like, he never made plays to impact the game. You know, he was yep. always around the ball, but he never made plays to, to impact the game. And there were times where when I watch a game where he'd be out of position, there were times when he would um, miss tackles, and there were also times where he would get lost in coverage. So I know people are big, you know, they really hate the fact that he didn't get paid. And listen, he's in a good situation in Baltimore because they got a defense set up for what he does well. But the only reason why he made the Pro Bowl because the Ravens were a good team. When he was here, he couldn't even make the Pro Bowl. And I'm not downgrading him. I think Roquan is a is a good player, and he's probably going to be a solid player for years to come. But I think for what you were paying him, I just don't think that he was worth the money. I just wasn't really a big fan of him. And on top of that, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way with some of the thing, comments he made as far as, you know, um, you know about the Bears management. I just think – I thought he was really – I don't know. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way as a fan hearing things he was saying. And not to mention the fact that I know a lot of people were frustrated about the Bears not being as aggressive during the free agency and not making the moves. But the thing is, is that, and I think I mentioned this to you guys before, I think I mentioned this to you last week, mm -hmm. that there's a reason why these guys are available. Like, if you look at these offensive linemen that were available, none of these, I mean, yes, they were young players that were okay, but, I mean, I kind of don't blame polls for going to bank on these guys because, you know, these guys all got flaws. And if I'm polls and I was him, I would look at it like, okay, well, if I'm going to pay these guys $20 million a year or whatever the case may be, well, why don't you just – if you're going to do that, you're better off just going ahead and drafting a young pack, young offensive lineman, developing them where you don't have to overpay rather than spend all this money on a mediocre to below average player and now you're stuck in cap hill. I think that was the problem we had with, uh, with the last regime, Ryan Pace. That was the biggest indictment on Ryan Pace was that he would overvalue players. He would, that, And that's why the Bears were always in cap hill. He would go out and spend $20 million on average to mediocre player. And that's why the Bears were always stuck in, you know, stuck in cap hill mm -hmm. because he would always overvalue what he would pay for. So. But um, that's all I have, fellas. You guys have a good night, okay? Thanks, Chase. Yeah, As always, too. man, we appreciate it. Yeah, no, Ryan Pace loved to use his credit card. He's always mm -hmm. like, like, hey, man, can I borrow from the future so that I can get my stuff today? And eventually the bill comes due. We saw that time and time again when Ryan Pace was drafting for the Bears. Right. And, and I'll say this. Like, Chase brought up the the part of about the value of Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith is a valuable player in the league, no doubt about it. It's just... I think the situation the Bears are in right now, you have a Bears team that has way too many needs where you don't want to allocate all of that money there as opposed to maybe trying to spread it across the defense. Mm -hmm. I, that's where I'm, I'm with Ryan Poles. What I've gathered from him, from a general manager standpoint, is he is a guy who seeks value. And he seeks value in the trading market. He seeks value in the free agency market. And he's very disciplined 
with that value. He's going to stick to what his board, whether it's a, a free agency list and, and amount of money he's willing to spend on a player or whether it's a draft board. It seems like he's very disciplined in that regard uh, in all mm-hmm. assets and all facets of being a general manager. So far, looks pretty good for the Bears uh, in this legal tampering period, but there's still a glaring hole on the defensive line. Does that mean that they're going to be planning on drafting somebody with that ninth overall pick who could help address that? We'll discuss that next. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Should you stay or should you go? You should definitely go to the 25th anniversary celebration at the House of Blues. It's coming up. It's fast approaching. We're now under two weeks away from the 25th anniversary celebration at the House of Blues again. Friday, March 24th. Doors are going to open at 11 a.m. Still a few tickets available right now. So if you want to go purchase tickets at LiveNation.com, search ESPN Chicago. Remember, you have to be 21 years or older with a valid ID if you would like to go to our celebration for the 25th anniversary reunion show. Mac Yurko and Harry, Jake Cutler going to be expected to be in attendance. Robbie Gold, Eddie Olchek, Mark Greco, Jordan and Shea Cornette. Sarah Spain, Nick Friedel, Luke Nellis, Fred Hubner, Ray Flores, and plenty more as well. If you'd like to go, though, I've got a trivia question for you for a pair of tickets. Remember, again, you must be 21 years or older. I, Jeff Meller, have been hosting the fantasy football show for over a decade now. Tell me, who's the OG? Who's the original? Mm, Who said, you know what? Back when this station started way back in 1998, it needs a fantasy football show on Sunday mornings. Tell me the name of the original host, and you will have yourself a pair of tickets to our 25th anniversary celebration. As as someone who has produced the fantasy show many Mm -hmm. a time, I'm sure there's definitely people out there. uh, Because you said, what, over a decade? Yeah, it's been over a decade now. How long has the fantasy show been on these airwaves? Do you know? Yeah, it started in 1998. Really? Okay, mm-hmm. so it has been yeah. a staple on this station yeah. for... I'm, or at least I'm almost positive it was 98, maybe it was 99, but I, mm-hmm. like it was very early in the station's uh, uh, history that the show was uh, started. So tell me the name of the original, 312-332-3776, and you get a free pair of tickets to go celebrate with us. And if you don't win, again, remember, you can go buy some tickets at LiveNation.com. Just search ESPN Chicago. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Tyler Aki, as we're in for Black and Abdallah today. We'll be back again tomorrow night as well. It's spring trading, so you'll get the mix-up of uh, roster tomorrow on ESPN 1000, which always makes for a fun and interesting day here on the station. And we'll be reacting to, hopefully, more Bears news as well. I do say hopefully more because I would like to see the Bears add a little bit on the offense and defensive lines. I think they they need some help. Up front, especially defensively. I mean, where you mentioned the sack numbers, Jaquan Brisker, your safety, your rookie safety had four sacks, which led the team. That's abysmal. Right. It, it's almost. I mean, good for Jaquan Brisker. I'll take the four sacks, but yeah, he shouldn't be the one that has to no, be number listen, one. They shouldn't it's, be. It's the number that jumps out at you. Yes. It, it like it really feels like I can't believe it's if you doubled 
it to eight, mm-hmm. I would still That's say. still bad. I'd yes. still say, boy, eight sacks leads the team, really? But no, it's we have that to four, and that is your leading sacker. That's awful, and he's a safety, which is fine for Jaquan Brisker. You Like you said, good for him. But that's unconscionable, unconscionable for a defense to have that as their leading number. That It's abysmal, and you look at the roster right now with the Bears, and you say to yourself, okay, Travis Gibson, they had high hopes, but really didn't do much last year, didn't move the needle. Justin Jones flashed from time to time, but and, and maybe he's somebody who can be a rotational player. Dominique Robinson, I know he had... He had one sack in the first. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe it was one and like, a half in the first game, right? right? Yeah, he came out and everyone's like, "Oh wow, did, did Ryan Poles find a steal in, in the draft here yeah. in the fifth round?" No, no, he had he, at least he has not proven that yet to that point. Um, so the Bears need a lot of help, and that leads to the question, which I think is probably on a lot of Bears fans' minds right now. You had the number one overall pick, you traded it away. Mm-hmm. What was everybody talking about though, in regards to being the best player available, Jalen Carter? Well, could Jalen Carter actually fall to the ninth spot based on everything, we, the explosive details we learned about during the combine? Adam Schefter was on with Peggy and Dion on Saturday, and he answered that very question. Could Jalen Carter fall to ninth overall? I think uh, there's a real chance he's going to be there for them, and they're going to have to do the work on him and spend some time, and I know that they'll be at his pro day watching him closely, uh, meeting with him. And once they do that, they can make the decision about what they want to do. But, yeah, uh, he'll be a guy that's in consideration for that number nine spot, and it wouldn't surprise me if he were there. So, interesting, NFL insider right now, Adam Schefter, based on what he knows, would not be surprised if Jalen Carter is on the board. I have to say, setting aside the morality of the situation... It is music to my ears as a yes. Bears fan. And, and uh, who was it? Was it McShay who had the latest mock draft, too, of the Bears actually passing on Jalen Carter as well? And he slips in, I believe it was the early teens as well. So there's a couple of people now alluding to, and a couple of people who are in the know mm-hmm. alluding to, he could be there. And if he is, I mean, if you talk about the player and that's the value you're getting at nine, that alleviates a number of issues that you have. And you're talking about getting an impact player right out of the gate. But it's also something that I think even escalates the, the stress for a, a defensive piece in free agency. Because, all right, you've traded back to nine now. Will Anderson is now 1,000% out of the question. You will not be getting him in any sort of capacity. And, and let's be honest, Jeff, like both you and I, I think, are under the assumption that Jalen Carter, yes, there are these issues right now, but he's st- still probably going to be a player that's taken before the Bears draft at nine, right? Yeah, despite what Shafter tells us there. And my ears perked up because I think a lot of people are basically saying if the Detroit Lions stick at that six spot, mm-hmm. it would be very easy to draw the conclusion that okay, you've got a young up-and-coming team that's looking for some defensive talent. Why wouldn't that be the perfect match? The Detroit Lions go ahead and, and grab and snatch up Jalen Carter if he falls to them, right? But when Schefter says, I think he could be there, all of a sudden, okay, yes. I think that's a real decision now for the Bears if they have to determine. And all of a sudden, too, the risk-reward calculus that comes into play here, it, it becomes a lot more appealing to take Jalen Carter. And honestly, you feel like 
your GM could be pulling off a coup here if he right. can, if he can land Jalen Carter at the ninth spot. You talk about the guy who maybe was atop their list all along, and you're getting him at nine as opposed to having to do a, a couple of trade backs or maybe even sticking at one and taking him there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think he's the number one prospect in this entire draft, and I, I think that if you're Ryan Poles, like it's a little more appetizing getting Jalen Carter at nine, and maybe you're a little more willing to look past some of the the question marks that you have about his character if you're getting him at nine as opposed to having to make a decision on him in picks one through four. Yeah, no, definitely. So it'll be interesting to see if he does fall, if Ryan Poles will... Because they've talked a lot about character, right? Right. I don't know how you could be certain if if you're Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. It's unlikely that this whole situation will be completely cleared up. But, again, the fact that it, it, there are misdemeanor charges, okay, you're, you're, you're saying Jalen Carter's probably not looking at any type of long-term legal issues. No. Um, at the, probably a fine, maybe some community service work. But, at the, you know... It's the judgment that you're putting into question here. Yes, exactly. And, as we mentioned, he had a, a speeding violation for reckless driving way back in September where he was going um, 87 miles per hour in a 45 mile per hour zone and then you know months merely a few months later he's doing the same thing again which results in a much more tragic tragic situation Mm -hmm. so you have to wonder can you get comfortable with the talents over the character issue being in question has he Having gone through this process, has he seen the light, right? Yeah. Like, will he become somebody who you can count on a little bit more because he's dealt with the situation? That's the real question. And again, if you're sitting at nine and you can get possibly the number one overall player in this draft, you could see why it might be enticing for Ryan Poles. Let's go out to Midlothian and Josh, who I believe has the correct answer, as we asked it earlier. Josh, you're on with Meller and Tyler. Uh, Can you tell me... Who was the original host of Fantasy Football Island? It was the um, the horseback riding host of the Afternoon Saloon, Harry Tynowitz. You are correct, Josh. The one and only, the horseman, Harry Tynowitz. Love him. He will be back in attendance for the 25th anniversary celebration, which you now have tickets to, Josh. So thanks for listening, and thanks for being such a loyal listener. We do appreciate it, man. Love it. Love the show. Love everything you guys do and have been doing the last 25 years. Um, I've been a P1 for many, many, many years. So awesome, Josh. Love you guys. Love to hear um, it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, c- come on out. We will see you there. Come out and celebrate with us, okay? We'll see you at the House of Blues on March 24th. Sounds good. Have a good night. All right. Be like Josh. If you want to go, remember, you can go ahead. There's a few tickets available still. Check it out at LiveNation.com. Just search ESPN Chicago, and you can join us at the House of Blues for our 25th anniversary celebration on March 24th. I'm Jeff Meller. He's Tyler Aki. We are discussing the Bears' free agent movement so far this season. Uh, So far today, they've made three moves and... We're also going to go back into that trade and take a look at what Ryan Poles actually obtained, the work he did in landing DJ Moore. We'll do that next. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago.
Mikey in for Black and Abdallah today. We'll be back tomorrow as well as we continue with our spring trading every Tuesday in March. Mixed up lineup. Uh, go to the Twitterverse. Check out the ESPN 1000 handle if you want to see all the lineup switches for tomorrow. I'm sure we can share those with you as well a little bit later. But uh, we're talking with you, 312-332-3776, reacting to the Bears making a splash, but maybe not as big of a splash as some ex- anticipated in free agency here. They've added Tremaine Edmonds, the former first-round pick of the Buffalo Bills, a two-time Pro Bowler. They signed him to a four-year, $72 million deal with $50 million guaranteed. They've also added Nate Davis. They added him for three years at $30 million per year. And then they kicked things off with TJ Edwards, the uh, leading tackler for the Philadelphia Eagles. They led off the day. He was the first official move that Adam Schefter um, tweeted out. And the Bears have also, it looks like, Roughly somewhere between, I'd say, 35 and $40 million. Don't have all the numbers on the contracts just yet, but it looks like they have somewhere between $35 and $40 million still available to them if they'd like to go out and make another big signing. They do have the room to do it. Although- and they could pump that number up, too, if they wanted to. Like, if you, we, we've speculated, does the addition of Nate Davis mean these, this is the end of the road for Cody Whitehair? Well, that frees you up, I think, almost another $10 million there. Yeah, he's, so, a, yeah he's, a, he's a hit of 14 and a half, but if they wanted to move off of him, yeah, I think they could save $10 million or so in uh, cap room. So, yeah, that could be, you know, you bring in Nate Davis, who's a right guard. You've got Tevin Jenkins on the roster. What does his future hold? I think that's the question with the addition of Davis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, Whitehair, who has played center in the past as well. Could you move him back to center? What's Lucas Patrick's situation? He was signed by the Bears last offseason. Knows Luke Getze's offense, but he didn't really show us much last year, right? So I don't know exactly what, what, how exactly this offensive line will play out. And then I'd love to see them make an addition at left tackle and be able to move Braxton Jones yeah. over to right tackle. That, or and, even just a tackle. Right, yeah. like, but in, that, in ideally, my ideal world, yes. I'd like to see Braxton Braxton Jones go over to right tackle. But personally. I wouldn't be mad if a right tackle were brought in here. Yes. either. I, I think we're both in lockstep with that because you just need pieces along that offensive line, and I think you've got some guys too that are pretty flexible. I think that's one of the the added bonuses. So maybe Cody Whitehair's time isn't up. We've talked about maybe he gets moved over to center. Maybe we, we look at uh, a guy like uh, like Braxton Jones, and he does get kicked over to right tackle. What's going to happen with Tevin Jenkins? Is he going to get his third position along the offensive line under this Bears regime? Who knows what everything's going to look like. So we talked uh, about Jalen Carter, too, and the possibility of him potentially falling for the Bears. Plenty of people want to chime in on that. I promise we'll take your calls here shortly. But it is that time of night when we go to... Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because dial. it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. All right, so I was surprised when you suggested a little James Taylor to me here, Tyler. In my so we go back to your favorite year, 1969. Nice. 
And we're going to Carolina In My Mind by James Taylor as our song of the night tonight. And of course, the reason Carolina is in our mind is because Ryan Poles decided that they were the team that he was going to deal with, the Carolina Panthers. We've been over it quite a bit so far. They deal the number one overall pick in this year's draft for number nine overall, number 61 overall. A first rounder in 2024, a second rounder in 2025, and of course, the new number one wide receiver for the Bears, DJ Moore, who is signed for three years at $52.2 million. So they have themselves a number one wide receiver at $17.2 million per season. I listen, when I saw the the sweetener, because I think when when it got tweeted out, DJ Moore was kind of the last piece that was thrown in yes, the tweet. At the so very bottom. Your, your, your pick reading, your pick reading, oh, all of a sudden there's a receiver in there. There's a, a actual player in there. And I love the move at the time. And, and you look at, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me with DJ Moore is the consistency. You look at his numbers across the board. Last year, a little bit of an outlier, but there was a weird situation with quarterbacks. What was it? Three different quarterbacks. Uh, his entire career in Carolina was dealing yeah. with uh, quarterback controversy. But then you get through that those middle three years of his career where it's pretty much 1,100 yards, 1,100 yards, 1,100 yards every single time. I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 80, 80 receptions as well. It's just that consistency. You know what you're getting out of DJ Moore, and it's a pretty damn good stat line to roll with year in and year out. Yeah, and the question now becomes, will the famous quote by Musin Muhammad, another Carolina Panther wide receiver who came to Chicago and then famously said after his time in Chicago was done, Chicago is where wide receivers go to die. And that is now the question that is on everybody's mind because DJ Moore has been productive, as you just said. Uh, he's gone over 1,200 scrimmage yards for three those three consecutive years until last year when he had 941. And yes, he was dealing with some horrendous quarterback play. Baker Mayfield last year, P.J. Walker had to step in. He wasn't very good. The bad Cam Newton seasons at that point, um, Sam Darnold for a little bit, it was a nightmare. There was yes. no real good quarterbacks throwing the ball to DJ, DJ Moore, and he, yet he was still very productive. So I think with Justin Fields throwing him the football, I think this is going to be the best quarterback he's ever worked with. Yes, at least, well, I guess Darnold and Baker Mayfield were quote-unquote young prospects, but at least you're getting that young prospect on their their rookie deal here too. And them still ascending in the league as opposed to trying to be a reclamation project that the the Panthers have picked up. And I'm excited of what DJ Moore can bring because you look at these numbers and it's someone that, I mean, the numbers better than what A.J. Brown was doing in Tennessee. Now, Mm -hmm. Titans didn't throw the ball nearly as much as what Carolina does, but it's something that makes you a little more optimistic that maybe he can be their A.J. Brown. You mentioned A.J. Brown. I do want to get into it, the specifics of what teams have given up to land their number one wide receivers. We can do that in the next hour, and we got plenty of callers on the line who want to talk about the idea of the Bears getting lucky if Jalen Carter drops to them at number nine. We'll do that in two short minutes. Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, Larry. 